Hello guys and welcome to episode 4 of the What The Fuck Is Going On podcast. I am Charlene, your racial and cultural justice warrior. I'm Lola, back again with the tea with the shade where everything you need. I'm Abigail and I'm still here doing it for the culture. And I'm Samantha Ann and I'm still very much outspoken. Now, like every episode, we tackle those big questions, those big topics. And in this podcast, that is no different. We're going to be talking about microaggressions. Um, so let's get into the tea girls. Microaggressions. <sighs> Before we give our two cents on microaggressions, let me give you a definition. Yes, please. Uh, just so that people know exactly what wikipedia.com says, as opposed to an actual dictionary. Um, Microaggression is a term used for brief and commonplace daily verbal, behavioral, or environmental indignities, whether intentional or unintentional, that communicate hostile, derogatory, or negative prejudicial slights and insults towards any group. The short of that is, when you say you're pretty for a dark-skinned girl, my lovely, that is a microaggression. Yep. So if you didn't know you were doing it, you are. <laughs> That's an indignity. Um, so today we're going to talk about microaggressions in the workplace, microaggressions in popular culture, and what we think can be done to solve the microaggression issue. So girls, tell me about your experiences with microaggressions. Have you ever experienced microaggressions? Are we talking about workplace or are we talking about, should we do one or the other? Let's start with workplace. Let's talk about workplace, microaggressions and all that jazz. How long do you have? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I feel like I should start, mine's pretty brief, but I always get this comment of, oh, you speak very well. Now, I didn't really know what that means. And it's not just in the workplace. I get that from people in my area. Let's say if I, obviously I'm from Peckham, so... I'm supposed to sound a certain way, but I don't sound that way. So it's, you know, baffling. And I just feel like it's quite sad that, you know, speaking normally is translated as speaking well. So what is the the opposite of speaking unwell? I, I really don't understand. So things like that really irritate me. And I don't, I don't feel like the people that are saying it are trying to insult me or trying to make me feel type of way, but it, it, is, it grinds my gears, guys. Well, yeah, because I think it's a microaggression because as much as it is a compliment, there's an underlined insult or... Mm. Um, so it's, you speak well. For somebody who is black and somebody who I thought would sound ghetto, you sound very well spoken. Mm. That's exactly what they want to say. Yeah. But they'll compliment you. So it's a compliment with the low-key, you know, insult being thrown as well. And that's mm. why it's a microaggression because if a white girl sounded like you... No Nobody would ever say, oh, you sound well-spoken. They'll just say you sound normal. Mm. But because you're black, people then assume you're meant to sound hood or how... I don't know how don't black know people how sound. Do it, I don't know how talk. I don't know how a black person sounds. But for them, it, I think it also shows their ignorance in a way because mm. that shows that your, your mindset about black people. If yeah. you think I'm well-spoken just because I'm speaking normally, so what do you actually think about black people? So that preconceived notion yeah. of how I should sound is, yeah, an insult because you're congratulating me for... For sounding great, or well, um, or English, or I don't know, I can't even explain. And I also had a situation like that at my previous workplace, where two white ladies were discussing a young um, black male, and he was like, um, and they were talking about him, they're like, oh, it's so great that he got this job, because before this job, he was a hood rat. And I kind of swirled my head, and I said, excuse me like i was just like looking like i can't believe they just said that it's to them they were trying to explain to me that oh you know he was in a bad place before he got this job but why you could have just said that why did you use the word hood rat Mm. and i think that's definitely a microaggression and it's something that especially in the newsroom especially in the newsroom being female and being 
black is not easy at all the constant you know oh your hair you know so how do you do your braids you like um take that out every time you sleep or like it's just stupid questions that it's just yeah. like go ask your fucking mother and your father how they do their braids what the <laughs> fuck are you asking me it's just stupid yeah. shit like that that gets to me and also for me another big thing which i think is like another big part of my question in the workplace is when you're dismissed so there are other people who are discussing something and there are other people who they care about their opinion so much but when they see a you know young black female they're like oh, yeah 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 say what you want to say but we're, we're not really listening we don't really give a fuck that is definitely a motherfucking microaggression yeah. because you're making me feel worthless basically in my workplace and i think a lot of white people don't understand how that makes us feel like to them it's just oh why can't i talk about your hair it's my hair why can't i not talk why can't i not talk about the fact that you're a fucking idiot like you get what i mean it's i feel like most white people just need to cop on to the fact that how are my words making this person feel also i also heard a story that will actually quite shock you so I've met up with another one of my friends lately, and she was talking, my profession is not just black people, guys. It happens to all people of all races. And she was telling, saying that her, her best friend at work was Asian. So I think he was um, from Thailand. Mm. That whenever they got, uh, um, what's it called, a project that he, like, they labeled a project he was working on, Dim Sum Project. Oh. And, yeah. <laughs> he told and them, his name what? is not Dim Sum. No, his name is not Dim Sum. No. So it's just because they thought that was funny, you know, white male, you know, ha ha ha, that was funny. Let's, the project he's working on, let's name it himself. You know, I actually avoid, though, I, though I'm really happy that we're speaking about microaggressions, every day I purposely don't look in, you know, like on Twitter or on Instagram or whatever social media platform that I can see or look in newspapers because of dumb stories like that. I feel like... That to me is so painful to actually hear. It's insulting, it's disgusting. The same people that will be fighting for certain rights are very quick to overlook, underestimate, and actually um, devalue other people's rights. Um, that guy, knowing, did was he didn't, if, if, if I had been that, that boy and I'd seen that, I'm, I'm suing. Who, who am I suing? Who's getting fired? Whose head's I, I rolling? Think you also, I think this is a later topic that we need to discuss is that also people who are facing microaggression, we don't have the power. In society, in our workplace, we don't have the power man. to be like, da 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 da, what the hell? Listen, he's still gotta get paid. So they named his project Dim Sum, but he still needs to get that money to feed his family, to feed everybody. So what are we gonna do? I had a similar incident this week. I was at work and I was just talking to a work colleague. And then they um, were trying to send me a message like, oh, how do you pronounce your name? So I said, Tafumine. And he said, oh, okay, tapioca. Oh, my. I said, oh, what did you do? I said, no, Tafumine. She was like, yeah, tapioca. And I was like, no, that's not how you say it. If you can't say it, you can just call me Sam or, yeah. like, you know, you don't have to. Yeah, but tapioca doesn't sound like anything like Tafumine. But he, he found something. He couldn't be bothered mm. to learn how to, because... Pronouncing my name made him uncomfortable. Therefore, to to benefit himself, he said, "You know what? I'm not gonna try and pronounce your name that said. I'm gonna dumb it down to something that I like that you know sounds similar to your name." So he was like, "Yeah, Samantha Tapioca." <gasps> wow, the confidence. Yeah. And how? How, how did you, you feel? Please, how did you react? react in that moment? Because we know Sam, and 
you know. I mean, for me, I think, which is quite bad, I think working in a newsroom, you're so used to microaggressions yeah. that it's gotten to a point where I just let it go over my head because if I wanted to pick up everything that was said to me, I would be fighting everyone, like I said, and you don't want to be the angry black woman. You need exactly. to pick your battles carefully. So, you know, the whole newsroom just laughed about it and we kept on <gasps> moving. Everybody laughed. Well, I mean... That's what they do. And, but but yeah, everybody, guys. you could tell everyone was an awkward laugh because they were just like, that's a bit rude. Like, you could tell the laugh wasn't because it's funny. It was just kind of like, everybody doesn't know what to do because other people have tried to say my name. And they've said it correctly. They're like, oh, how's that? how do you say it? And I say it to them and then they repeat after me. They're like, oh, it's a yeah, Because they when you try to teach a child how yeah. to talk, Completely. they respond yeah. back to what you to say. To the point you where... Not even... Ignored what I've yeah. said. To the point where my a lot of my, my work colleagues can spell my name. It's quite long, but they can spell it like they made the effort to know how to spell it, how to say it. But him specifically, he was like, "Yeah, I'm not gonna even try to pronounce it. We're gonna go with tapioca." And everybody just laughed like, "Oh, this how, is how old is he? Um, or how old does he look? Appear to be possibly in his fifties. Right. Okay. Generational. Mm. I just I feel like there is this massive gap between. I mean, no, don't get me wrong, there are still some white people our age who would probably say the same joke and think it's okay. But I think the older you get, or you know, the higher up that generation you look, there is those sentiments, i.e. your name and what it means to you doesn't matter as much as my personal comfort and what I think is okay. In that moment, I'm surprised somebody didn't turn around and say that's actually unacceptable. And I think this is another thing, fighting microaggressions as a black person can be made easier if you have white conscious people who can turn around and say that mm. isn't okay yeah but there are a dime a dozen in certain scenarios i've got a friend that i'm currently working with who is a white guy pretty middle class comes from an irish background so maybe that's why he sort of identifies with many oppressions because of his history but um he's got two best friends who happen to be black females who have spoken about the microaggressions that they've experienced in the TV industry and I've known him for a few years now and we were speaking about you know reasons why I might not stay in this industry f because of things like that and he said the only way that's going to change is if men that look like me i.e. white brown eyed brown haired whatever blue eyed blue eyed blonde head whatever it is in that particular scenario say something had a white man challenged that guy and said no her name is A B and C Mm. he would have shut the fuck up mm. real quickly. Mm. But the, if Sam had said something, she would have instantly been said to have an attitude. Why is she so angry? It's it was a joke. Serious. It's not that serious. That's double oppression. Yeah. Being a woman and being black. Yeah. It's fucked. It's like, I feel like for me personally, why I could not turn around and be like, oh, why did you call Mahudrat? And really spoken up is that there's this narrative that I'm gonna be the angry black woman. I feel like as a black woman, we're not allowed to have emotions. Completely. We're not allowed to like say what we actually feel. Yeah. And then that for me, that's a whole load of microaggression by itself because at work, I've been called out by my mother's name. I've been, everyone is saying all this shit to me, but I'm keeping my mouth shut because I don't want to seem as an angry black woman. And that alone in itself fucks you up in the head because first you have to deal with the stupid comments. Imagine comments that in my normal life, everyone knows me, I will give it back to you hot, but I can't do that. <laughs> Because, <laughs> because I don't yeah. want to be known as an angry black woman. That itself it fucking sucks. Yeah, and I feel like as well, like things like 
name and hair and things that we you know take pride in as black women yeah. shouldn't you don't need to question it by now this is 2019 please nobody wants you to discuss my hair when i'm not there when i am there when yeah. i walk in i don't want to be called wakanda because i've got braids in like no, no. things like that it's it's I awkward that to you I, I didn't tell you what happened oh my god, <laughs> god. say it girl so come in with my two braids going down yeah all of them were like, wow, Wakanda. I thought, what? Wakanda? What does that even, like, what does that even mean in the context of, none of them had braids in Wakanda. Most of them had shaved heads. Yeah. So what, what, how did that? I asked them, did they even watch the movie? And I was like, well, that doesn't even relate to yeah. my hair. But with me, I'm just the type of person that I'll shut it down there and then I'll just be like, well, that doesn't relate to my hair, so why did you say that? But, and they were just like, oh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> then the next, the next day, they couldn't say anything else, so they're yeah. just like, oh, that looks fun. Like, that looks that fun. Looks, yeah. It's my hair. That looks yeah. fun. My hair's I love fun. The hair stuff. Like, I remember I walked in one day. I, I think I used to have like a... I'm so anxious about microaggressions to the point where I don't change my hair. Like, I'm scared to... I know it's really bad. I'm scared to go into the newsroom with like braids or my natural hair out. It's not it, bad because a lot of people feel it like It gives that. me anxiday. So I've made sure like I'm like, where I'm working now. I've been there for nearly a year. I had like the same wig the whole entire time. I just got up on I want a new wig. So I now put on a curly wig. Sat down and um somebody came they're like, Oh, your hair looks nice. Did you have braids before? Oh no. I was like, I've never had braids once I've been working at this company. So why would you assume I had braids before? And then it's oh, you know, everyone wants to touch it. Oh, I mean, it's it's and they make little comments, oh you're always changing your hair. I'm oh, thinking no. But you guys change your hair all the time. And you get no straight hair. You get, no one says anything. I orange sometimes. I think we had this debate like a few episodes back where we said, when does it get to a point where we as black people, particularly black women, turn around and actually have arguments with people in these, these spaces and say, ha 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 ha, no, I, no, I didn't have braids before. I'm not like, you know, we don't all look the same. Like make that person in that moment feel uncomfortable. Because that person might not have meant to be offensive. But your assumptions made you offensive and you offended me. And I'm allowed to be offended. Yeah. I don't see anything wrong with being like, that was offensive. Um, mm. Excuse me, miss. When you start having that office in the shad and you have your coin, that's when you start doing yeah, 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 yeah. But till then, to be fucking realistic, but how me? I'm at the bottom of the pole in my newsroom. How will I be shouting at someone who's atop me, even though they've made fun of my hair? I can't open my mouth and say, you're a bastard. My hair's not, like, I can't No, do but that. I feel like there's a difference between being rude and disrespectful in the yeah. workplace and actually Calmly being like, saying it. you've... Or taking someone to the side. Have you ever tried to calmly speak to no, them? I no, I have. No, I they had, do not. No, no, no. They take that as aggression no, so no, no, but much. I, I Look, you know when they said what goes around comes around. Everyone, every white person on Twitter was calling her aggressive. That's not really? aggressive, mate. Yeah. Just literally, the, some of the stuff that we say, you're like, oh my god, I feel so offended. You shouldn't have said that. Yeah. Mate, that's not an abuse. An abuse is like you're a fucking idiot go to hell but yeah. this one like if you say like uh, to them it, they take it like that when you say actually don't but say it's it to me like I've that been they take that as a I've, I've been in a situation at work where um i was having a, dis a discussion a heated discussion with my um my two my two bosses and i was really deadpan as in my voice didn't change i sounded incredibly sarcastic because that's how i sound when i'm pissed off mm. and one of the two people in the room called me aggressive and I turned around to him, this is my senior, mm. I turned around to him and I said, why did you call me aggressive? It's like, because you're coming across aggressive. I said, no, aggressive is completely different to what I'm doing right now. You call me aggressive because you know exactly where that narrative 
takes this situation. And he was shocked when I said it, and to this day denies saying it. But I think at a point when someone says, you're being aggressive, being aggressive is me throwing hands on you. That's me being aggressive. Being, being aggressive is me threatening you, your children, your wife, your kids. That's not the white narrative. That's not, being that's aggressive, not aggressive. Is for yourself. Then I think we should take that word aggressive and say to, to say when someone touches my out. hair, you're, I find that really aggressive. You're touching my hair like you're in my personal space. I find that really aggressive. And see and see how that works. I think we need to take ownership of the word. Are we taking ownership of the word nigger? Mm. Mm and try to change it to, to fit our culture and now it's a sentiment for some people that's endearment. I think we should also, <laughs> I think we should also take the word aggressive and say, okay, you've called me aggressive for years. When you make me feel uncomfortable in a work environment where I should feel safe, I'm gonna call you aggressive. Yeah, I like that. I think we should do that. I think that's a movement. I think we should do that. I think that's power. I really love that. Yeah, I think um, there was... Um, Serena Williams recently did an interview with Vanity Fair and she spoke about the incident that happened with Naomi um, during the US Open where a lot of people said Serena was aggressive and her and Naomi swapped letters and in the letter Naomi wrote to um, Serena saying that um, a lot of people don't understand the difference between anger and strength. Mm. So when they see you on the pitch and you're acting the way you act, only a certain crowd of people know what it is and to a lot of white people it looks like anger but everybody knows, most black people when they watch Serena they see strength and they see somebody who's fighting for a lot and who's carrying the race in this sport so I think that was, that was a very great point that she made that what they see and what we see are completely different things they see anger, we see the strength so when you do raise your voice and even if you're not being aggressive the fact that you've stood up and you've wanted to oppose what they're saying that alone yeah. comes across as aggression Completely. as opposed to your tone or how you're talking to them even mm. if you say in the most sincere and polite way but the fact that you're praising something that they're so used to mm. it's oh you're aggressive but really no you have strength and you've stood up for what you believe in mm. and yeah, yeah. So i think it's a generation we should correct it yeah i was gonna say so do you think the answer is to um, normalize you know, defending yourself because I feel like that is maybe Completely. the next step. Because what else can we do? I you definitely think that turn around and not in an aggressive way, just be like, Oh, I maybe you didn't realize <clears throat> how that made me feel, but I am uncomfortable with what you've just said, so maybe try and not say that again because it's made me feel a certain type of way. End of maybe what can they really do? Can they yeah. fire you for saying that? No, they can't. I think you need to assess Surely. what they environment can fire you, but they trust and believe they will make you so uncomfortable. You guys know this, yeah, but are we going to be you're... fearful of being on? Uh, like, either they way, we're uncomfortable. not just uncomfortable. They'll make you feel so worthless, so, like, I don't know how to put it. Like, you know those, as a kid, when you see all the group of kids playing and they leave you out? Like, yeah. you, you know, if it feels like that sometimes in the workplace. The thing is, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, good. But I, I, if you want to leave me out, I am good. No, 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 not just <laughs> leave it out. You guys know, my, like, my, there was, okay, I'll give my, give two experiences. Another black girl came into my workplace, um, and um, she was quite unspoken. Like the things I would take, she wouldn't let that slide at all. This is literally why she left. But every time she turned her back, I could see like ten everyone gathering together, speaking about her. Like, oh my god, she's so like so angry. She's so weird and all that kind of stuff. I was like, fucking hell, she's not angry or weird. She's just giving it to you hot. Secondly, I might um, there's like it's just the things they do. Why people? They're very good at this. They're very good at indirectly messing with you do you understand they don't have to come up to your face and be like oh you're you're stupid they have a way the way they support each other that makes you feel like shit 
And I feel like although you were saying, yeah, um, you need to tell them, but there's a way they'll frustrate them. They can frustrate you. They can, and you guys know what I'm talking and I, about. No, completely. You know that completely. Feeling. But isn't microaggression frustration already? So, yeah. so how exactly? We're frustrated so. on two sides. Do we do we be frustrated and say something and be able to sleep at night a bit better because we're not going in every day thinking, oh, they're gonna touch my hair today, or do we just risk being left out? Do we just risk being left out and have to deal with that in our own way? I think. Again, I think it's a generational thing. My mum would say the same thing that you were saying, Nola. My mum has always been the kind of person that says, do not get into fights at work, do not say this at work, do not do this at work. Because my mum came up in a time where black people, black women particularly, were disposable. Or she, If you pushed or pulled a certain kind of way, racial tensions in this country were different, therefore your job wasn't your job, you've got three kids to feed, you know, you're an immigrant, plus, you know, on top of that, you're not going to try and risk all of that for one argument. Mm. I think we're in a position more so of power, yeah. particularly with social yeah. media platforms, particularly with more movements for, for rights of A, B and C. I think we we do have the opportunity to say to say things. And people yeah. know that places like newsrooms are filled with white men who are clinging onto power and actually being upstaged by younger, brighter, faster people. People know that. Like yeah. that and they know that. And that's why you have 50-year-old 50 year, 50 year, um, men, like in Sam's case, trying to assert their dominance and power in any way they can yeah. because they really don't have it because a, a quick 25-year-old upstart could come into their office tomorrow and he could take his job. Yeah. That, that's, that's what true. it is. We have to become more comfortable with saying, that made me feel uncomfortable. Mm. Point blank, period. Yeah. If you want to make me feel more uncomfortable by bitching about me and whatever, that's on you I now. Will, that's yeah. on you now. Because what I've said isn't crazy. I haven't cussed your mum. I haven't said anything wild. I've just said, mm. please do not make reference to my hair. Please do not call me aggressive. And don't touch my hair. Don't, don't, do, don't, don't do, do things that. that you won't do you, to my white Would you do that to Sally you next won't. to me? You wouldn't touch her I've hair. I've never seen them touch white people's hair. So please don't, don't touch my hair. Don't touch my hair. That's all I ask for. I'm not asking for your firstborn child. I'm asking for you to leave my... Respect my yeah, space. It takes me ages to wash it. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't want this to be just a black thing. But I just wanted to ask, do you think white people also experience uh, microaggressions? Yes. Yeah. But I don't think it's racial. Racial. I think it's more class, class, and and, and sexuality. sexuality. I, I mean, and I've, he- I've heard some comments like, I mean, interracial relations are becoming, you know, quite popular. I've heard certain comments from black people towards white people that have made me a little uncomfortable. Like, oh, you know, you're just marrying our brother for a cute baby. I tell you what, that's a different kind of microaggression because that microaggression is still linked to black to blackness. Mm. Yes. So take away that black person, that black man or that black woman, you by yourself as an isolated white person would not experience a microaggression. At all. I think a white person can experience microaggressions, but I think their microaggressions are more concerned with, for example, sexuality, mm-hmm. gender. We have women, you know, who do experience sexual harassment, um, comments with a sexist undertone mm-hmm. every single day. Yeah. They yeah. can claim to experience microaggressions but i think the depth of microaggressions particularly when you become a black woman a black gay woman just takes such a a severe turn Mm. that what for example my white female counterpart experiences my in terms of microaggressions on a daily basis cannot be compared to what i do Mm -hmm. so we have to we have to say yeah you can yeah I, i get i can empathize with your one microaggression but i'm doubly if not triply impacted 
by certain things and therefore mm. for me microaggressions takes a deeper it's a, it's a deeper level yeah. yeah yeah so i just think i feel like people really need to understand if you're feeling like you are facing microaggression every day you need to stand up for yourself not in a rude way not in a you know a confrontational way pause take a minute reevaluate how it made you feel and just express how it made you feel at work i should be able to do that at the very least because we should be able to talk about how like, it makes me feel yeah, sorry, Vico. If you've not passed your probation, Vico, please. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just read that one. I'm going, yeah, yeah, yeah. All she's saying is great. Find the power. Honey, let's be realistic. This is about your coin and your money. If you have not passed um, probation and you need the job, you're earning 50k, 80k, and someone is telling you, I don't like your hair. Sis, say okay. And when you pass the probation, guns blazing, you want to respond. I'm telling you. Fine. Read, read the room. Read yeah. the situation. I mean, it's, yeah, also read the situation. I'm not. When I was an intern, I definitely wasn't very vocal. But like now that I'm there working like staff, I'm yeah. definitely vocal because I know my position. I know you know what I'm bringing to the table. I know that I I have the confidence to now be like, actually, you know, when you come and say tap me and call me someone else's name, no, all black people don't look the same. Yeah. Just because just because me and my the only black colleague of mine normally have straight hair, you come in from the back and you tap me and call someone's name, that's not okay. And I'm gonna yeah. tell you, yeah. listen, all black people don't look alike. I'm I'm me and so and so is not in today Completely. and they haven't been in for months. It is great oh that you feel that way and you have the privilege to be able to speak out. So many people in so many situations that you are not able to. No, but that's do we, not true. Do we allow people to, to humanize us just for money? I don't understand. No, but when, like, when do we say no? Actually, my name isn't. If someone came up to me and Sam and said and called me Sam, me and Sam, yes, we've got round faces and we're black. We look very, very different. <laughs> Me and Sam are allowed to be offended and say to that person, don't call us each other's yeah, names. We're different we're... people. I you think... with your bag. I Let's think... say, okay, okay, quick, wait. Let me give you a scenario. The head of CNN, Oga, the Oga, top, top, yeah. top, 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 called you another person's name, Charlene. Are you going to stand up and say, yo, I'm not, I would have corrected him. You made Sorry, a sir, I'm not who and you called me. I'm Samantha. Yeah. I will definitely correct you and let you know yeah, that yeah. I'm not gonna because I won't answer a name that's not mine. That's not if you call me Lola, I'm not gonna say yes to stand up. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll still be facing my computer. <laughs> I'll, say, I'll say, oh. I'm not gonna do that. But I feel like in in society there are two types of people. So you have the Rosa Parks, mm. the ones who are gonna sit on the bus. You have the Nelson mm. Mandela. Your racial cultural justice yes. warriors. And then and those people, there's very few of them because it. it only few people can do can't that do and have yeah. the courage to yeah. say, you know, I'm going to lose everything for change. Yeah. And then the majority of the people fall in that bracket of, listen, I have bills to pay. This microaggression, it's not really racism. They're not really abusing me. Let me just do my work and go home and yeah. get my paycheck. So, yeah, there are two types of people in life. Those who are willing to fight. And, and it's great. I've seen so many people on social media really going out there and standing up for themselves. But like I said, it's not for everyone. And don't just insult your boss. You need to evaluate the situation and exactly. really assess. Easy, hold on, guys. do I need this job and all this kind of stuff? And also, I think some some women do come off as angry black women. So if you are a, a really ratchet, loud person, then I, you, you I know. know. Yes, no, because I've seen people who go zero to one who are just very mad people in general. So if you're yeah, an yeah. angry black woman already, because those people do you're exist. Not the candidate for yeah, yeah. Standing you up don't stand up because you will lose your job. Because no, no, don't say if you're and say if you have a temper. If you have a temper, you need to evaluate that yeah. and know that yeah, yeah. if I'm gonna approach the situation, I need to do it as calm as as possible. As possible. And like, also read read how that environment is. Yeah. So, for example, in the newsroom, in TV spaces, banter is like 
how yeah. it's, it's the language. Yeah. Can you band with A, B, and C? Yeah. If I if my boss calls me whatever, knowing for that I'm not that person, and makes a joke again, you know, related to my race, my hair, oh you two look similar because of you know you got braids, then you're like ha 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 funny. We don't all look the same. Yeah. If it's still like irking me, I take my boss to a meeting room and I say, "This is how it made me feel." And ten, do you know what? Eight times out of ten, people are actually quite apologetic. Yeah, yeah. Because we're again, we're yeah. in a time when when we've got things like the Me Too movement yeah. and fifty years of Stonewall and, and like again, rights, 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 rights. People are really scared of losing their jobs over yeah. things like he's racist, yeah. he's sexist, he's homophobic. He, you know, people are scared, and you can use that fear to your advantage if you want to. Yeah, I mean, I had an incident where somebody came and. There was another um, black intern who had come, and he had an afro. So the guy went and touched his hair, and I was like, you know, that's really offensive to black people when white people just come and touch their hair. I'm really close with the guy, so I was able to voice it. It was like in a banter way, but we're close, and he gets it. And he's also he's not British; he's from Europe, so he's somewhat, you know, yeah, uh, ethnic a minority in some sort of sense, yeah. you know, that way. Um, so I was like, yeah, you know, black people don't like it when you touch their hair. I just find it so uncomfortable because your hair, you get your hair done all the time and I've never touched your hair. You know that? I was like, yeah, that's true. And I was like, yeah, so next time if you have any black friends or whatever, just don't touch their hair. Or if you meet a black person, then use them again. Don't just come and touch their hair. Someone could take it as offensive. You can do it to me. We're fine. We're cool. But if one of my friends came in and you did that, they were very, very upset. And he was like, oh. And I sat, we sat down and, we, you know, the newsroom, everybody was listening. You can tell people are listening. And... Yeah, we just had a little chit chat. I was like, oh, thank you for letting me know. I never knew that. I just thought it was fine. I was like, no, people get offended. So I think you just have to assess the kind of people you're with. And Completely. sometimes don't take it too personal as well. That's oh. also because, in like, in, I said, pick your battles mm-hmm. wisely. Because he could have really jumped with that, oh, don't touch my head thing. But I just sat down and explained to him, listen, I know, you know, oh. it's coming from a good place. You're mm-hmm. really intrigued. But you don't just touch people's hair. Black people do get offended when you do that. And it was a lovely history lesson for him. And... The whole newsroom enjoyed, despite them acting like they weren't listening. <laughs> I'm sure you will never touch yep. another black ever again. So recently, I think microaggression in terms of pop culture has taken on multiple, different different forms. And I think the biggest conversation that people are having right now is colorism, and how colorism is a facet of microaggression in the sense that certain people, particularly if you are of a lighter complexion, are afforded certain privileges that people of a darker complexion aren't. And certain statements are usually uh, sort of said in a general term that put one colour up, another colour down. A recent example of this is um, Chris Brown and um, his refusal to have dark-skinned girls in his section. So we we know, you know, in terms of that's an American thing anyway, the, the, the paper bag test and all that, that their colorism issues are, is very deep rooted. Mm. But what interested me most this week was the discussions around it in terms of how we discuss darker skinned people or darker skinned women in particular versus our lighter counterparts mm. and how that has seeped into like mainstream conversations. Mm. For example, going to, for example, Love Island is a very like, sort of mm. prominent example. Mm. Um, Amber mm-hmm. and Yawande. Mm-hmm. You could say in both senses they represent blackness. Mm-hmm. You know, Amber's a dark-skinned mixed-race girl, or anyway, in that lighting in that setting, mm-hmm. is a dark, earth-skinned, light-skinned woman. Mm-hmm. 
You want to know was a dark-skinned woman. Mm. You want this reaction to certain things in that villa were deemed as aggressive, angry. She says she's actually that. Amber is outrageously loud. She's the mm. most aggressive Rude. person in the island. Most Very aggressive rude. person, probably, yes, like Sam said, in the island. Yet she's been taken with a different... Sassy, a nice sweet pinch of salt. Yeah, mm -hmm. she's she's got sass. She's got character. Yeah. She's this. She's, she's that. She's that. She's bold. confident. She's bold. We all can see how she treated Michael at various points whilst they were together. She didn't always listen to him. Sometimes he would speak. She she would dead the entire conversation. Joanna, for the most part, was very monotone. Mm -hmm. I only heard her raise her voice about one time when she was speaking to Arabella and that that that, that, that boy, that Danny boy, and she's going. Mm! Exactly. That's the, literally the only time I ever heard that girl raise her voice. But yeah. she was deemed as aggressive and angry, and that's that is a microaggression in mainstream. And that's yeah. how that's how our color, particularly as black women, is played out, particularly for white audiences to see, and they give it back to us. Mm -hmm. And we also, as black people, perpetuate that Very that true. narrative. Yeah. So, what do you guys think in terms of your experiences as? A darker uh, as darker skin women this topic um, for me and my sisters I'd say it's only in the last five years I would say I came to loving the skin I'm in mm. and it wasn't first it was growing up in a white space and everyone was white. I've always you know when you when you grow up in that sort of thing you're kind of like oh I want my nose to look like theirs oh, I want my nose to and I just kind of like I remember hearing um, in, when I was in school a lot, you're pretty for a dark-skinned girl, you're pretty for mm -hmm. a dark-skinned girl. And that played a lot on my, on my confidence growing up. Right now, you can't tell me shit. I'm pretty than half of you heifers out here. Like, don't tell me shit. But at that point, when I was younger, it wasn't, it was, it was kind of like a, com I wasn't as confident as I should be because I thought, oh, I, I didn't equate dark to pretty. And that is... And I feel like nowadays when we have more representation of dark skinned women, I can even see my sister who who are young who is younger than me. She's loving her skin. At that age that she's loving her skin now. She when she was six when I was sixteen, I didn't love my skin, I wasn't. She's loving the skin she's in now because there's so much talk about colorism, but 10, 15 years, ain't nobody talking about colorism. All I I didn't even understand colorism. All I knew was that I wasn't comfortable in the in the skin I was in and it's so wonderful it's so great to see my sister who's 15 and my sister is 8 who they, they understand colorism and they understand that I am beautiful I am great I love how dark my skin is I want to become darker when my sisters hear skin lightning cream they say who what where keep that shit to yourself I'm even gonna get a tanner and it's so amazing it's kind of inspirational to see that I was like this took me almost 20 years and you guys are it's wonderful i love that shit you know <laughs> my my experience is a bit different because um i grew up in south london where uh we are the majority <laughs> but um, yeah so i was always surrounded by by black people but i have sis two sisters and they are light skinned and then i'm the dark one mm -hmm. so uh, that dynamic I, I mean if you see me i'm not like completely complete like you, mm -hmm. you just say i'm brown but whatever. But in comparison to my sisters and my mum, I am the darkest one in the house. So, like, when I was going to school, everyone would be like, oh, yeah, like, you know, lighties. You know, the word lighties was in vogue. Yeah. Everyone wanted a lightie, and I'm, I'm a darkie, so, you know, <laughs> didn't fit the bill, which is fine, cool. But I just always felt like it wasn't more so... I wasn't getting it from 
people around me per se. I feel like it was in my house, not in my immediate house, because my mum loved us equally, but like aunties would always say, oh yeah, you, the blacky one, like, do you know what I mean? Like, things like that made me feel a certain type of way, yeah. because I, I'm sorry, imagine if I was any darker, I would have, what would I have done? Should I have killed myself or what? Mm -hmm. And they just always made sure I knew that I was the brown one. Oh, you took your dad's colour, isn't it? Oh, you're dark like your dad. You know, just always reminding me that my sisters are light and then mm -hmm. I'm the brown one, you know? And mm -hmm. just just always remember that. And, you know, it just kind of play a toll on you. I remember there was a time that like, I did, when I was younger, I did ask my mum, oh, mum, is that okay if I buy cream to lighten my skin? She's like, don't be stupid. And that conversation ended there. But, do you know what I mean? Like, the, just the very fact that I was thinking about yeah. lightening my skin is so sad, isn't it? Because yeah. I'm in a house surrounded by uh, light-skinned women and I'm brown. Also with Chris Brown, Chris Brown never wrote for black women, so I don't know why y'all are surprised. He never wrote for black, he never cared about black women, so... I mean, it's not, I don't think it's a surprise, I just feel like it's a bit... For you to say that out loud, yeah. and, you know, section people and say, you are not allowed because of the shade or gradient yeah. or tone of your yeah. no that's bullshit yeah. but can I mean, you I think that down to preference but this, like is, this is the thing i like i, I want to an asian I man think, i think preference is a cover-up for people who are actually very very deeply colorist yeah mm -hmm. that's true and um very insecure and i think you know the first part of this podcast we've spoken about this episode we've spoken about the microaggressions that we experience from white people but i've experienced microaggressions from my own people yeah. constantly on a daily on a daily basis we as a culture have and it does come down to colonialism and our history and being you know divided by again the white oppressor mm -hmm. that's what it comes down to but i feel like we as black people particularly our generation still which i find shocking continue to perpetuate this narrative that if you are a few shades lighter, you are to be preferred compared to somebody else who's darker. I, I think it's also because of the environment that we're in. So most of the people who own the big major companies are white people. So when you open a magazine, when you look at a billboard, majority of, don't get me wrong, we're improving, but majority of the people that you're seeing are light-skinned. Therefore, it then gives the perception that that is the ideal beauty in the world, universally. Mm -hmm. I think that's the one word, universally, that we can all like agree on. If you walk into any single country in this world, even in Africa, you're seeing a white girl on billboard. Shall I tell you what I think is very key in this situation? So we know how we're speaking about is from a woman's perspective, but I remember when I was younger as well, growing up in London, um, light-skinned boys were the in thing. Mm. Everybody mm. wanted a little light-skinned guy, you know? It was sweet, it was nice. Mm. All of a sudden, I get to 20, and dark-skinned chocolate brothers are the teen. Shall I tell you why? Because women changed the, the, the narrative. We decided that we didn't want... I'm sorry, light-skinned guys, no offence to anyone there, but a little bit of fuckboys, that's a stereotype, sorry guys. But, do you know what I mean? Like, we preferred you know what the chocolate guys are bringing so we decided that that's the ones that we're going to chase and that's the ones that we're going to give our attention to and when they move us we're going to say yes and now everybody wants chocolate brothers so why can't black men help us mm. and do the same reverse yes. it and now praise the black ducks darker women so that you know how we did for you you can do for us because i'm gonna get real real controversial and i'm gonna say it because i know my brothers the ones that listen are going to come for my head, but I'm going to say it's because a lot of black boys, a lot of our quote-unquote brothers, mm -hmm. don't like mm -hmm. black women. Mm. They prefer white women. 
or anything that isn't black. Mm. Mixed race, white, yeah. Chinese, anything that isn't black, a black boy will say, that's what I want. And not only that, they will insult us ah, in, front, in front of people. Can I just say something? Yeah. How are the white men supposed to respect us when the black men don't put no respect on our name? No. I've seen men in front of their white counterparts, counterparts speak badly about a black woman. Like, you understand? They don't write for us the way we write for them. No. Do you look at all this um, Black Lives Matter? It's women that were going on the line protecting men. Yeah. Men were not writing. F men never. Black men. Not I'm all so black sorry. men because, you know. Not all black men. Not all black men. You guys never write for us the way we write for you. I'm so sorry. There's no situation that I could be in that I see someone talking badly about a black man. That I'd be like, stop. Yeah, you need yeah, to stop. Yeah, you don't, yeah, you don't yeah, speak. Yeah, black yeah. men would never do that for you. No. They would even join in the insult. So. That, no, I'm being shit. If you guys don't respect us, our own skin color not respecting us, how the hell do you expect other people to respect us? Nonsense. Anyway, continue. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to like um bring it back around and do like a 360 and after I mean we, we highlighted a lot of topics. But my my question is so how is 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 microaggression something to me, it seems like it's something that's always going to happen. It's not like racism or, you know, it's not something that's overly aggressive. Yeah. So for me, it seems like by the way society is based, microaggressions will always exist. Oh, I, I kind of agree thing? with yeah. you because I don't see how it can come to a complete halt when racism hasn't. Yeah. You know? I mean, as long as people have preferences, quote unquote preferences, prejudices, prejudices are to a level discriminatory, there will always be microaggressions. I mm. think what we can do and how it can change and how microaggressions can lessen or be dealt with or tackled with is by us actually saying things. Mm. And on that note, guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode, microaggressions and mimosas. Please be sure to join us in two weeks time for another episode of What The Fuck Is Going On. And of course, 